My name is Vicki. I'm in recovery for chaos creating, um, controlling, fixing, um, you know, sometimes we call that codependency. And actually how I got into the rooms was um, through the Al-Anon program. That's initially where I started. Because I really wanted um, people to show me how I could better help my help someone else, you know, like help me fix this person. There's a group for that, right? Um, and so that's where I got started. Um, but that is not where I wound up today. Today, I fully and completely understand that I need a program of action that has depth and weight that can, you know, it has restored me to sanity and that can keep me in a place of sanity. And a large part of that for me is staying really present with like, what is my problem and, and really wanting for the first time in my life, I think really wanting to see myself clearly. Um, and, um, and so today I bring you a story. Uh, it's a fable in some, some might call it a fable. Um, it's quite popular. Um, most people have probably heard of this story. Um, and actually that's part of the problem. So it's a story about a, a man who gets swallowed by a whale. And um, so this story, it's in the Bible. Um, there's lots of stories in the Bible that have really great um, lessons for us. And so when I was reading this story uh, from a new perspective, you know, I really saw in this story how it really, um, it really plays into my life today. So Jonah is a man who, for some reason, God decides he's going to talk to and he's going to call. And so God gave Jonah an instruction and Jonah ran. Jonah ran, like, not just like, oh, I don't want to do what you asked me to do, but like, I'm going to go, I'm, I don't want to go to the place that you told me to go. I want to go to like the actual opposite as far away as I can go. I'm going to the like way furthest place I can think of. And so he gets on a boat and he pays the fare and he goes away to this place or heads goes on this boat to go to a place called Tarshish. And um, so right away, um, we see this man is not cooperative and he really just does not want to be useful. Um, so he gets on this boat and he tells the, the people who run the boat, like, cause he's, it's not his boat. So he paid a fare. There's people um, sailing this, you know, it would be a big, a big ship probably um, because there's a passage, a, a verse that says that he went down to the bowels of the boat and he went to sleep. And then this big storm hits. And I think most of us, you know, we know this part of the story where oh, he winds up, you know, getting thrown off the boat, swallowed by a whale. And, um, and there's a lot of, anyway, so I don't want to skip ahead because the first part that I saw was like, Jonah is deep down in the bowels of this ship sleeping and running. And like, he should know better. He really, he should know he would really have known like a lot of what was said earlier in the Bible, you know, in these days people had it memorized and he would have known that there's nowhere you can go to run away from God. Um, and yet it's the first thing he tried to do when he got these instructions, he ran. So he's down in the bowels of the sheep's ship sleeping. And 
for me, as I was reading this story through fresh eyes, I had this picture or the, the phrase rock bottom came to me. I was like, is that rock bottom? So you're sleeping in the bottom of a ship and there's a massive storm wailing and all of these sailors on this boat, they're each praying to their own God. And they really are like, you know, we got to figure this out. This, in this culture, they're very spiritual, actually. Uh, they, they each had their own God. Some of them had multitudes of gods that they would pray to. And, you know, they're like, wait a minute, where's that guy? Let's go get him. So they confront Jonah and they're asking Jonah, like, who, who, so I'll find it. It says, um, tell us who's to blame for this trouble. Um, oh, because they cast lots. That's how they used to do things back in the day. They would like throw dice somehow and they would get an answer to a question that they had. So they cast lots and it comes up that Jonah is the one to blame. So they turn to Jonah and they say, tell us like, who's to blame for this trouble that we're in? You know, the, the dice are basically saying, you can tell us. And Jonah says, um, I'm a Hebrew. I worship the Lord, the God of the heavens who made the sea and the dry land. And that made me stop for a moment because he's running from God. So you just literally just spoke a bold faced lie. You don't worship God, Jonah. You're running from God. You're hiding from God. You like, if you want to worship something, it actually requires turning your full attention to that thing, um, which, you know, most of us know how to do. I can get on, you know, I can worship Netflix and get on a binge. And I've, I've once watched like seven seasons in a very short period of time. Like that is literally what I did. I worshiped Netflix for that period of time. Um, and so here's Jonah. We catch Jonah in this bold faced lie, like total hypocrisy. Um, no, you don't worship God. Um, and he actually says, this is the God of the heavens who made the sea and the dry land. And these men are, are like immediately terrified. But the, the whole, that whole interaction brought to me like a question, how often do I think that I'm a certain way and yet I'm actually completely not? Like how often have I spoken, oh, I'm this or I'm that, you know, I'm, I'm Vicky, I'm in recovery from codependency or I'm in recovery from chaos creating. And what, what has been the most recent thing that I've been doing? You know, maybe it's not that thing or maybe I just get used to talking a certain way because I grew up in church. And so I talk up, I talk a certain way, but it doesn't actually mean anything in my life. You know, I'm not actually applying it. Um, so that was the first thing that really came to mind um, where in the, um, in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous on page 30, um, it says, most of us have been unwilling to admit that we are real alcoholics. And for me, I changed that to a real controller fixer or a real chaos creator. You know, no one likes to think he is bodily and mentally different from his fellows. Therefore, it is not surprising that our drinking career, or in my case, my thinking career, has been characterized by countless vain attempts to, attempts to prove that I could think like other people, that I can live like other people. The idea that somehow, someday, he will control and enjoy her, his thinking, 
or her thinking is the great obsession of every abnormal thinker. Because you get what I'm doing now. The persistence of this illusion is astonishing. Many pursue it to the gates of insanity or death. We learned that we had to fully concede to our innermost selves that we were real chaos creators, controller fixers, or alcoholics. This is the first step in recovery. The delusion that we are like other people or presently may be has to be smashed. We alcoholics are men and women who have lost the ability to control our drinking. And I lost the ability to control my thinking. Um, so, you know, I really, this is the beginning of the work that's bringing us to destroy this delusion that I'm in control of my life. And the reality was that I spent so many years trying to be in control of my life. Like, like Jonah, oh, forget this. I'm just going to go get on this boat and I'll go this other way where I don't have to be disturbed by what God is telling me to do. Um, and I think it's really important to note that at this point, the reason that Jonah ran, because it really ties in with us too in recovery. Jonah ran because Jonah was being asked to go and share a message with a group of people that he couldn't stand. Like these were their mortal enemies. This group of people that he was being sent to bring a message of God's love and like turn from your sin and repent and God's going to save you. Jonah was like, save them. Like they don't deserve to be saved. I, I don't want to go bring a message to those people. Like, do you know what all my neighbors and friends would think of me if I went to those people and then I'm the reason that, 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 that they're saved? Like, no way. I'm not going there. I'm not going to go talk to them. Do you know what they've done to us? And a lot of us, you know, we get into recovery and we want to be sober. We want to have a life that's worth living. We want peace and contentment. You know, maybe I want to be able to keep a job. Maybe I realize that my relationships are all like in conflict. You know, there's lots of reasons that I can get into recovery and then I can do this work. I go through these steps and I get to this place where this work is telling me you can't hang, hang on to resentments. You can't afford to hang on to resentments. You got to let this go. And I think a lot of us stop and we're like, yeah, but no, but you don't know what they did to me. Like, you don't understand my life. You don't understand what happened to me. I can't I, No, like they don't deserve my forgiveness. They don't deserve to be let off. And a lot of us are a lot of us, uh, me. Okay. I can be a little more sneaky about it. You know, I will say that I've forgiven. Oh yeah, totally. Like I've forgiven them. I've let it go. And yet it keeps coming up. It keeps coming up. Why do I need to avoid this place over here? Why do I need to avoid that circumstance? Um, you know, this, this, this book in the beginning of Alcoholics Anonymous is telling me like, I actually don't have a choice. I actually don't have a choice. Like Vicky and the illusion of Vicky and who she is and who she thought she was like that whole illusion that I'm in control, that I have it figured out had to be smashed. I don't have it figured out. I don't have it figured out, but this work brings me through a process of connecting to a power greater than me that can restore me to sanity. Um, so 
we go through the story of Jonah, you know, those, the guys on the boat, they're like, yep, you're to blame. Like you can't run from your God. You know, they don't believe in Jonah's God. They believe in other gods, but they're like, oh no, you can't run from, no, you are, no, this is, we don't want to mess with your God. Forget it. They throw him overboard and the storm stops. And those men all go, what just happened <laughs> that's the god we want we want that god we want the god that can stop the storm the minute we throw the guy over the boat and god sends a whale to swallow jonah and jonah has this like moment in the belly of the whale where he is completely repentant like i am so he goes through these whole like this whole dialogue and a prayer of like, God, I'm so sorry. Um, he cries out to God in his distress. And he he goes on. It's actually pretty much like this whole chapter of like, I'm so sorry. And he repents. And he sees like, no, no, no. I need to go do what you called me to do. Yes, I'm going to do this work. I'm going to work this program. I want to be of service to others. Yes, I'm going to go. You called me. I'm going to carry this message. And so he gets there. In chapter three, he goes to this city. So the whale spits him up. He goes to this city, walks in, and the message that he speaks is basically like five words. It's in it's in Hebrew. It's five words. I think in English it's eight. Um, and it basically says, <laughs> to in a nutshell, it's literally the laziest, least thought out sermon I think in like the entire Bible and possibly in the history of sermonizing. I'm not a I'm not a you know sermon expert or anything, but what he says was in 40 days, this city will be demolished. That's it. That's all. And it's almost like he really didn't want it to be effective. <laughs> you know, it's like he's kind of sort of doing what he's supposed to be doing, but not really. Like it just doesn't to me feel like a wholehearted, like he's really all in, wants to be of maximum service. And, um, and it, it actually really works. It worked. It's amazing, you know, which is a whole other thing about just God doesn't really need us. Um, God can do whatever he wants. Um, and, and this whole city repents and there's evil, evil people who've been like just tormenting the surrounding, um, cities and, and just like torturing people. You can actually go to a museum in England, I think it is. And you can see like the walls that they found from this, um, from Assyria. And they have like depictions of torture and everything. Like these were really evil people. Um, and then we get to, so we get to chapter four and Jonah's pissed. Jonah is mad. Jonah was greatly displeased and became furious. And he prayed to God and said, please, God, isn't this what I thought while I was still in my own country? This is why I ran away in the first place. I knew that you were a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger, abounding in faithful love, and one who relents from sending disaster. So what I saw through that chapter was like Jonah still carried resentment in his heart towards these people. Jonah was still angry. And this is literally, to me, one of the saddest books in the Bible because it ends with Jonah sitting miserably outside this city, stewing in his anger. 
and God does it, you know, God does a few different things to try to like change his heart, but in the end, he's just not happy. And the last thing God says to him is you cared about a plant, which you did, did not labor over and it, and you didn't grow it. Um, it appeared in a night and perished in a night. I know I'm skipping part of the story, but God is saying to Jonah, like, I made these people, even though they're so evil, like I created them. How can you be mad at me? Because I'm having compassion for these people that I created. And it really made me stop because I can do a really half hearted, you know, inventory process when I'm doing this work. I can do a really half-hearted amends process, right? Like, I don't really want to go to somebody that hurt me more than I hurt them, you know, or I can make up a lot of reasons to not go to somebody at all and just say, well, no, the book says, like the book says it's going to cause more harm to, to me or them. Like I really shouldn't go to them, you know, so I can leave a lot of things unresolved. Um, but I don't think I see clearly what happens to me by leaving these things unresolved, by leaving this resentment in my heart, by leaving this, like by stewing on hurt feelings, um, by holding on to hurt and anger and resentment. Like, I just don't see clearly what it does to me. Um, but I, I thought that that chapter in Jonah, like I just saw it through this new picture of where it really um, you know, he repented, but then he repented of his repentance. And how often do I want to do that? Like, I want to pick it back up. Um, there's a poem that I found and it's called indiscretion. It says, I do not hate you, God, please understand you are a okay. You are okay. A one, the very best. Second to none I know, great and beyond my criticism. So I say amen to you and all your good intentions. But I might be right about your indiscretion in forgiving folks gladly and shamelessly upon the least evidence of regret. I think you carry love too far. And it really made me think like, if I stay thinking that there's a line where of carrying love too far, am I still trying to run the show? Am I still trying to be in control? And I've seen the freedom that comes when I let God be God. You know, when I do this work wholeheartedly, when I work through my stuff, and, and actually allow God to be God of my life, like the power that comes in my life to do and be who I need to be, to have, you know, all these promises in this book, like to have those promises come true in my life. I can't hold on, you know, I can't actually stay in this opinion that there's a, there's an end to love or that there's a limit to love. Um, yeah, that's, 
I think that, I think that was my goal. Like I can't run. And what I'm running from, what I think I'm running from is the idea that there is like a, like, I want all the forgiveness. I want all the forgiveness. I want all the restoration, but am I good with like that? That could be the reality for other people too. Am I okay with that idea? Thank you.